0: Welcome to It's Not That Deep with me, Lucy Woods, a mindfulness teacher and me, Adrienne Kirk, a psychotherapist Every episode, we
1: discuss navigating the messiness of everyday life
0: We know it's a big subject, but we will do our best to discuss it lightly and make some sense of it all In this episode, we are asking why do we believe our thoughts to be true? It's been another one of those wrangling with the right way to phrase this hasn't it because it's such an interesting topic that both of us deal with in our day-to-day work Um, and when we have a thought it does feel like that's real that's a belief that's you know something truthful
1: yeah and that it's that it's part of us that it's unchangeable and actually we don't really like it when people change their minds about things
0: yeah so what you're saying is that these kind of thoughts, we feel that they must be fixed. If we thought it, it must be actually our values or our beliefs or in some
1: ways really, in some ways it is us. the true yeah, us. It's, it's the true us. Yeah, I think, I think we there we go. I think I, th- <laughs> I, I think we do think that, yeah, that they're as much us as our eye color or our you know our preferred style of dress or
0: And I bet there's a load of people listening to this thinking, what? You know, surely our thoughts are us. <laughs> thoughts are us. It sounds like a shop or something. <laughs> um you know, and that to to think that they are not us is quite a concept that needs some processing. I was gonna say thinking about <laughs> we've probably confused everyone already, don't you think? I mean, We're only a minute yeah, in. Absolutely, we've used the word thinking
1: about four different ways. <laughs> But never mind. We can we can unpick this.
0: <laughs> so where would be the helpful way to place to start? You know, we always try and look at the evolution of it, and perhaps it's worth looking at how, or how thoughts come about. Yeah. And also to kind of look at the evolution of these different parts of the brain we spoke of before, or spoken of before. So, reptilian brain. I'm trying yeah. to imagine I'm a snake. Yeah. I don't think I process thinking. No. I have an urge to eat, to procreate, to stay alive, to rest, and to survive. That's kind of yeah. it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And there is no, there's no pondering on that.
0: There's no remembering what I did
1: last Thursday. No, no, and there's and there's and there's no thinking. Damn it! I wish I'd been nicer to that one. That one looked like a nice snake. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We could have been mates. Yeah, and so that initial brainstem bit of us—that where a lot of that survival instinct comes from—that that that came first. Then over the top's grown this mammalian brain. I I like to think of sort of chimps, monkeys, as that because they're much more sociable, connected beings that still Mm -hmm. hyper vigilant. You know, their their threat response system is still pretty activated all the time, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and and they've added to that this need to live in groups and cooperate and so there's a whole bunch of other things for them to be hypervigilant about not just the basics of kind of survival
0: yeah but still not thinking next Thursday I'm going to climb that tree because the bananas will be right by then exactly Mm. maybe there'll be a sense of that of not today of not today yeah for the the bananas yes yes, (laughs) just looking and seeing no not now um but this time travel stuff that yeah. we as humans have the ability to do that's the new brain isn't it that's the evolved human brain um and it's where all other sort of aspects um of our ability to to inter interact that's not interact that's the word I'm looking <laughs> for with other human beings like things like concepts like forgiveness or yes. those kind of things all develop much much later on didn't yes they? and along with that
1: comes this um meta awareness meta thinking so we are we're able to be aware of thinking rather than just thinking
0: yes right. so
1: right. like, oh, sorry i dropped my <laughs> pen um
0: <laughs> The way I often think about it, I look at my cat and it is aware. It has consciousness. There is something that it is like to be my cat. I can imagine myself being the cat looking out the window. However, my cat is not aware that it is aware. Yes. It it is not able to kind of analyse its own behaviour or process. Like, why didn't I, you know, catch that mouse last Thursday? Was it because I'm getting old and not fit enough anymore or you know so and how might i do it in the future and what other strategies might i employ it's not got that level of kind of processing so and i think what you're pointing to is also and i think we'll, we'll kind of get into the misty gritty of this when we start to, to pull this apart but that ability that we have to actually know that we're thinking yeah to do that reflecting on yeah yeah yeah. so to actually recognize that a thought is arising or has arisen and we find ourselves often without realizing thinking about something um that we've got completely lost in you know we can disappear down rabbit holes of thinking sometimes our best wonderful creative thoughts sometimes really dark and distressing and worrying thoughts um they're often about say a future scenario yeah. are not they yeah yeah absolutely a future scenario
1: that that we have invented right so i i do it i was going to say all the time and let's <laughs> let's pull, let's pull back from all the time but it is it's it, it's a, it's something i have always done and i fret so if my husband goes to the golf course and then is later home than i think I automatically find myself assuming that either he's had a heart attack on the golf course or that he has driven off the road on the way home and in a moment the police are going to arrive at my door and then there is this whole story this whole scenario of what that's going to be like and will I remember that I'll need to cancel clients and you know this this kind of I grab hold of it and I embroider the hell out of it. Right? I create
0: this, this really 3D catastrophe. catastrophe. Yeah. And I mean, look, my son just phoned before we recorded this podcast. The first thing I always say, is everything okay? Yeah. Because there's, you know, and that's not me even having enough time to process anything. But he should be in a lesson at this time. So for him to have called outside of that, there must be something wrong. Yeah. And of course, there was nothing wrong. But my immediate that feeling in my gut, that kind of where I could go—it's the question I need answering straight away, in order to allow myself to to let that go. Absolutely, and, be, and although there are
1: times we have wonderful, creative, amazing thoughts, more often than not, I think for most of us, it's a it's a fear response, right? That to something that's, that does that's not right. And, and again,
0: that's evolution, uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's from the negativity bias, yeah. trying to ensure we stay alive or that we stay safe. So it's looking for all the possible future problems that it might be prepared for in some way. Yeah. 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 It's
1: not helpful, is it? It's really not, because I'm, I'm not sure how much preparing, you know, we, it, we're not going to be saving ourselves from kind of future upset i'm not going to go if that does really happen i'm not going to go well i don't need to be upset because i managed to make myself upset
0: thinking that it might happen so now it has done that so we're going to go through it twice or hopefully not though uh, or we'd have just wasted loads of time and energy and actually let's think of the physiological ramifications it's two very long words for a thursday um physiological uh Effect of that, however long that catastrophizing lasts, it might only be, you know, a couple of minutes. But all those chemicals, those hormones, yeah, all have, that, adrenaline and cortisol, you
1: know, all that all that stress hormone that's powering through your body, and if you're somebody like me who has who is really practiced at doing that, then it happens little and often or sometimes long and often right so it's not a once only thing you know so yeah. those hormones are having an impact and we know that that lowers our immune system and it you know it 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 affects our sleep and that has impacts on our health and so so the these have These have long-lasting effects. Not only do they affect our mood, but they can also affect
0: our physical functioning. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the the sort of leading reasons for ill health in the States. I mean, 40% of people have had some kind of stress-related health condition. Um, I'm plucking that figure from somewhere. I know I've read it somewhere. But... Yeah, I mean, raised blood pressure is, yeah. is, a, is a key thing from, from being activated. Now I'm assuming, like me, also an absolute expert catastrophist, knowing that we like it, knowing what our signals are, we practice catching it sooner, yes. right? And this is what I often say to clients is, we can't necessarily stop the reactivity, in particular if it's a well-worn habit, or, or and sometimes it's an, that, that fear of danger is, is sort of helpful, you know, because it might be a, a real danger. But as soon as we catch it, we can recognise this ability to say, is this true? Yes. Or is this a story I'm creating for myself? That becomes hugely important. It does. And it's a process, right, that catching.
1: So I think of it as as, as along, along the way that we end up in this sort of conscious incompetence stage of knowing that it's happening and not being able to do anything about it right um but the more we sit with it and the more we practice and the more we notice what's going on in our body we can catch it earlier and earlier and do something about it Mm -hmm. and yeah like you i've done huge amounts of work on being able to do that and so and so it tells me something else about my state on the days when i do drop back into that old pattern
0: Yeah and And you've you've really touched on something else that I think is important to to bring in here is about the sort of the conditions leading up to um, mm. you know the way in which the brain might go off thinking or worrying or or whatever. You know, it's not kind of that we actively think, right, let's let's think about some difficult stuff now. You know, it, it seems to happen and it seems to happen on an unconscious level. Yeah. But it might be, you know, when we're really, really busy or really overwhelmed with lots of stuff, got difficulties in our lives or the to-do list is, you know, as long as you're on. Things often tend to be worse at those times, yes.
1: don't they? Yeah, absolutely. And and I, one of the things that I, I talk with clients about is that, is that our emotions, our feelings, our data, right? They tell us something about our emotional state and therefore they're helpful. Yeah. And if we can kind of think of them, again, it's that's about kind of taking a step back and viewing them as something that rather, as, as, as inexpert as it might be, it's trying to help, it's trying to communicate something. Yeah. But um, it
0: often gets it a bit mixed up and wrong. Absolutely. We can
1: get lost in the story it's telling rather than being able to take a step back and going, Oh, so at the moment, this is a symptom of an overwhelm, a tiredness, a, a whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that sort of links back to what we were saying about these the three different stages of the brain. Yeah. That, you know, the brain is often compared to a computer. And in some ways, it kind of works, doesn't it? In yeah, so far as it processes information. So. Yeah. A, a meat-based computer, I've stolen that from Sam Harris, he uses that a lot. But because these three bits of brain, of a simplified version, but they're not like upgrades that have happened through evolution. They're like patches yeah. on things that, you know, weren't needed uh, better processing, for example. So our new brain is, has made us much more effective at planning and thinking forward and, you know, s- problem solving and things like that. Why were the apex predator without being the fastest or the strongest or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. But the other brains are still in there yeah. and their vigilant, flighty, nervous, you know, catastrophizing type response is still there. Yeah, and linked up now. So they're all, you know, it's 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 not like, like you say,
1: it's not like one's replaced the other. No. But not, they're not in layers. They are, they're interconnected. So yeah. they're all having an impact. Like you say, it's like somebody slapped a, a patch on it or we'll just we'll link this bit here we'll we'll, we'll we'll get this connection going up there and and that means that that it get our, our old brains still doing the hyper vigilance get activated for all sorts of things so that generalization that our brain does yeah. you know of what used to be uh
0: Quite straightforward
1: yeah, survival mechanism. Exactly. So it's just about danger.
0: Yeah.
1: Just about. I mean, yeah. is, is about danger, and now that danger has sort of morphed into a a, a sort of a, a different sort of feeling unsafe, an unsafe in community or an unsafe in uh, in in our opinions and how that might stack up against other people's, and so all of that sort of unsafe, which is very different from the. I'm going to be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, kind of unsafe.
0: Yeah, so there isn't, there aren't any saber-toothed tigers. You know, we're not. There's not those. I mean, there are occasionally those kind of dangers, but not on a day-to-day basis. We're not under as much threat as primitive man would have no. been, you know. And so it's really interesting, isn't it? That there's this kind of. the 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 way the world is today does not support this patchy you know interconnected old brain new brain because the old Um, brain doesn't know the difference mm. so as
1: as soon as the new brain is going oh this is dangerous this is scary it's going i've got this let have adrenaline and cortisol and and, you know (laughs) tunnel vision and and raised heart rate and all of that stuff which is Mm. really unhelpful if the if the if the scary thing was i can't I can't find my car keys. Or I've got a meeting next Thursday (laughs) I'm a bit worried about.
0: Yeah. So what's interesting is this computer analogy sort of fits and then really doesn't Mm. because computers, more often than not, are quite accurate, bar of bug or some other kind of thing. You pretty much know what you put in, you know, like even a, just a simple calculator or something. You trust that when you push the times button and push the other numbers, that that's the, the correct answer. You don't sort of doubt whether the calculator might have a mistake today and do it 17 more times. Maybe you do, but you know, generally, we might not. You know that you're pretty certain what you're going to get as an output. Yeah. Whereas our brains, they're doing processing but making sense of the. Let's face it, quite bonkers world we live in these days. And it's no wonder that they get things wrong sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And so believing them all the time is not going to be helpful for us because they often make mistakes. And particularly as creative, like you said, as then wonderful as they could be, then there's that other side that they are also the creativity can be used to ill effect, like imagining a terrible scenario. Um, with your husband? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I
1: yeah. So it, it. Okay, there was the thought there, but that's.
0: Well, I was thinking about it. what we were talking about. You know, the text message scenario. Yes. Is that quite an interesting one to yeah. share? Some, some of yeah. my clients will have heard this before, but I just think that you know, I, I always say like if I sent you a text message and you respond to me regularly, right? There's no days and days between communication. We generally respond to each other very quickly. So if I send you a text. Let's say it's WhatsApp and I see two blue ticks. I know you've read it. Then if I don't hear from you for a little while, being the catastrophist that I have a tendency to be, oh, I wonder what's wrong with Adrienne. I wonder if I've said something that's upset her. Oh, oh, let, me, I let, me, let me reread my me message to see what the tone might be. Yeah. How might she have read this? What inference could she have possibly taken? Then if I send you another message, you're okay, and there's only one tick... Those of you for the WhatsApp world will know that means it left my phone, never arrived at Adrian's phone. Now I'm thinking, oh, she hates me. She's blocked me. Um, and then when you do phone me and say, "Oh no, I just yeah, when I opened your message the other day, I dropped my phone down the loo or whatever, in a bucket," I'm like, oh, "Yeah, no, no problem, fine." But maybe I spent two days completely fabricating yes. a story of what's going on yes. that is not true doesn't have a shred of truth to it. No. But I've spent two days believing it and making myself feel sick. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
1: And, and that it's such a good illustration, I think, of, of why it is we need to be careful how much we attach to, to our thoughts, you know, because our brains are trying to make sense of the world but they do that really imperfectly and we almost always go with the negativity bias. We almost always go with the worst possible scenario for ourselves, right? We, we never, we rarely come out of these stories in, that we tell ourselves in a good light, right? So we spend all of that time in that state of anxiety, fretting about what, you know, what we've done. We've never happened. And we,
0: yeah, and we've yeah. done nothing. It's all fine. And, you know, for those that are perhaps or have chronic, difficult thoughts, you know, because I think sometimes when we have dark thoughts or, mm-hmm. or thoughts that oh, perhaps we have shame about because they've popped in our heads and we think, oh, how could I have possibly thought that? Yeah. It's not something people voice very often, you know, but I, I'm i here being vulnerable, thinking I'm sure I'm not alone in having thoughts where I think afterwards, oh, my God, I can't believe I just thought that. Um, yeah. If we were to believe that the thoughts were actually us as a person, that would be another stick to beat ourselves with, wouldn't it? yeah, absolutely
1: absolutely yeah those those things we say in the heat of the moment or we think in the heat of the moment, you know that that those aren't us right? it's a it's a reaction in a moment, but it's but it's gone it's not it doesn't say anything about us, and I think that we quite often hang on to these things, as, as a, it's that saying something about me and I don't like it,
0: you know? That's it. It's when there's a judgment around yeah. ourselves and then we can get very caught up in kind of having these internal arguments. Like I, I know in a previous podcast we were talking about you know there's truths and then there's there's things that can't really be proven my version feels right your version feels right yeah and, and we might do that with other people but in this instance it's like we do that with ourselves don't yeah, we absolutely and you know i hear it so often in
1: clients that unthinkingly you know un, it's just it's just become a sort of sedimented belief it happened the other day with a client sort of saying so the big difference between her and me is that she's a very nice person like, Whoa. let's just stop there <laughs> You mean you're not a nice person? What would that mean? What would that mean? Is that true?
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah, and imagine the kind of dialogue that goes on with trying, why aren't I a nice person? Other people are nicer than I am. Um, And even down to kind of something that we want to do or don't want to do, like, you know, I'm just thinking about times when I think, oh, I could really eat another bag of crisps or something. Yeah. And then there's the voice that says, no, you shouldn't have crisps. You've had enough calories today. And oh, I really like crisps. And I deserve it because I've had a really hard day. And, uh, you know, I just want to comfort myself in some way. Oh, yeah, but you're going to regret it tomorrow. Or, you know, and there'll just be this, like, ridiculous rumination. Yes.
1: And and, and, and on ni- absolutely, on neither side of that, you know, is there is there peace? Is there, you know, whereas sort of taking a step back and going... So can I just come back to am I hungry or not? You know? And if I am hungry, is that a is that a physical food hunger or am I am I craving something else? Is it comfort? And would a would a blanket, a <laughs> drink, a hug from yeah. someone, would that is that actually what I'm after and I'm and I'm just
0: sublimating it with a packet of crisps. Yeah, but while we're caught up in the thinking, we don't get yeah. that perspective. No. So it is And it does take practice, doesn't it? huge amounts
1: of practice.
0: I know we like to give people takeaways from from these podcasts, and this is one of those ones where it's actually really hard to just say, oh, do this, and and then it'll be fine, because here we are with years of work under our belt, still repeating the same patterns, just much, much more aware of when they arise. Um, But that in itself can be super helpful, the awareness of the fact that my mind is catastrophizing right now it's not helpful no absolutely
1: um, yeah and I said I said earlier on didn't I that, that it's a process that this is a proper process one right because you have to grow new neural pathways you have to have a new way of, en- of engaging with how you're feeling um, and what those thoughts are and so and so learning gently kindly to step away from the stories and and think is there let let's get back to a truth here i'm hungry or she didn't she didn't she hasn't read my message that's that's the truth we, every, don't know anything more than that anything that comes after because <laughs> is is the story right yeah. and stick to the facts stick we've to the said facts. this yeah before,
0: haven't we? yeah and i'm interested and this is me just kind of, uh, you know, gut instincts, mm. intuition. Mm-hmm. Like, I, because I haven't got scientific evidence for this, I find it, you know, t- a sticky area for me to be exploring. But I, in my own experience, feel that there's thoughts processing, and then there's this other sense of, of truth that is that sort of resides in my body somewhere. Yeah. Like, so the, the am I hungry thing, that can literally be felt in the body, right? A yes. real feeling of satiation or not, or whatever, satiety, that's the word I'm looking for, maybe. am um, being satisfied, let's go with that one. <laughs> um, but also, when I'm having those mini arguments in my head, to step out of that and just kind of feel into what's real, what's yes. not, what's true, what's not. There is this extra kind of sense. I'm sounding a bit woo-woo, and no, I'm feeling really. weird about it. But I tell you a classic example: if you're trying to make a decision, toss a coin. Yeah, exactly. Not because don't, you care whether it's head or tail. Because you know which one you want it to come down on. Yes, yeah. because if it comes down on the one that you didn't want something, and you will go oh, oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely I, absolutely, I use that all the time, and it's it's a really helpful way. I think of you know of of getting away from that ought. Which is the ought one, which is one I should, you know. And you know, I'm allergic to oughts and shoulds, you know. And there is, I think it's another podcast, but there absolutely is something in that being able to trust our gut, and it's a gabble mate thing, particularly around Mm -hmm. kind of trauma, either big or small t trauma. That's definitely something for another time. Um, But yeah, but being able to step out of our heads and Into into the feelings, you know.
0: And I know you do a lot of body somatic work within the, the therapy sessions that you do. And obviously mindfulness, we don't even go anywhere else other than the body for the first few sessions. And that is how we cultivate it. So just in terms of this process, in terms of what we need to practice, it takes it does take practice but it's worth it isn't it it really is worth it yeah and that feels like a really good place to leave today yeah, absolutely wow. i've loved to. Yes, yeah, me too thank <laughs> you so much thanks Adrian. you've been listening to it's not that deep with Adrienne kirk and lucy woods if you've enjoyed listening then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes <laughs>